0: All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. It is episode 64, and we are here. We are recording again right before Monday Night Football. We've got the Manning cast back tonight, which is really exciting. I personally think it adds a fun and interesting touch to watching a game that maybe I don't care about as much. Um, So I'm excited they're going to be back tonight. Tom Brady is supposed to be one of the quarter guests for tonight. so I think that's pretty cool as well um I kind of like when they have active players on it it seems kind of crazy that they're actually doing that but it's fun and interesting and of course we always want to know what Tom Brady would be thinking while he's watching another another team play um, so looking forward to that it is very disgusting outside right now. I'm sitting in front of my window in my apartment and it has been, pouring rain the entire day. We're really hitting that time of year where the weather is unpredictable. It could be nice one day, pouring rain the next day, and starting to see that affect some football games as well. I mean, just watching this weekend, I know the Colts 49ers game, the weather was a little bit out of control there, and it's just that, that time of year now where people and teams have to start seriously considering the weather and how they're going to play their games. Uh, But I personally, I don't love it when it happens to my team um, if the weather's that awful because then sometimes it just really sucks the life out of the offense. But I personally like watching games with crazy weather sometimes because it just to change it up a little bit, you know, keep things interesting. We're Moving along in the weeks here, let's get some weather and and spice some things up. Make some teams that are used to only playing in really nice weather have have them come over to to the Midwest or the East Coast and experience some some of the colder weather we all get over here. So, um, looking forward to more of those. All right, got a couple things to get into today. It's weird because obviously the Browns played. Thursday night this, this past week, so Sunday was kind of strange just not having to be so anxious the whole day and just getting to enjoy watching some games. I was also a little bit hungover, so it's kind of nice to just sit there and not have to worry about it and just enjoy the football that you're watching. Um, so definitely um, enjoyed having, I don't know, just a more relaxed mindset while, while watching football. Uh, but I'm going to start off talking a little Ohio State, then we'll get into the NFL per usual. So Ohio State beat Indiana, obviously, on Saturday. 54-7 to was the final, um, kind of repeating what I've said I want to say the last two or three weeks, just really hitting our stride now, looking like the Buckeyes usually look. C.J. Stroud was 21 of 28 with 266 yards and four touchdowns. He's really hitting his stride now and has come into his own. I think that injury was affecting him a little bit earlier on and his accuracy issues and probably just the nerves and the change of pace of the game from high school to college. So he has really started to come into his own and do very, very well for us. And also, once again, Travion Henderson, nine carries for 81 yards, two touchdowns. I'm like on the Heisman train for him, to be honest. I don't think it's going to happen. But it just, I think he's one of the most electric players in college football right now. He's going to have a professional career ahead of him. And every game, it's just exciting to, to watch him run the ball the way he does. Um, but the crazy thing with college football right now, and this is always the crazy thing, is the rankings, right? Because they're so subjective. And I know there's always going to people that find issues with the rankings, but there are some things that seem a little bit absurd right now. So Alabama, two, two, three weeks ago, loses to AM and and they are already back up in third place now. OSU lost to Oregon, who, by the way, is ranked seven now. So we lost to a very good team earlier on in the season, and we're ranked five. And I just don't personally think that that makes any sense. I think Alabama should be lower than they are um, for that loss specifically being a pretty bad loss um none of it ever makes sense but there is historically been an sec bias in the rankings um i know people will probably say the same about ohio state because there were one or two years where there were some questionable moments on where ohio state should be ranked and they got whatever higher position that would be so I understand there's always going to be people that have a problem with it, but this one seems pretty straightforward to me, and I don't quite understand it. But um, as I mentioned last week, we've got big, bigger games, bigger matchups coming up here and in, in the coming weeks. So um, that could really boost our ranking just if we were able to beat these highly ranked teams. I think that will that will mean a lot to the rankings. Okay, that's really all I have for college football. So now going to get into some NFL outside of the Browns before I get into the Browns game, which seems the Browns game seems like it was 10 years ago. Now the fact that it was Thursday night football, it's like a different lifetime. But um, first want to start off talking about the Bengals. So the Bengals are, I am sold on the Bengals now. I think up until this week, I was questioning if they were legit or not. It's, it's hard to say sometimes um, One until you get kind of to this part in the season on if someone is, is the real deal or not. But, um, I, I mean, they looked incredible against the Ravens. That Their defense is really, really good, which I think I was not expecting. And just that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection is truly one of the most valuable things that you can find in the NFL. I know we all, we meaning the whole world, are, I mean, the whole world of sports media, I know that a lot of just fans of the game were criticizing the Bengals choice to draft Jamar Chase with their um, first round pick rather than taking um, and getting some protection for Joe Burrow. A lot of people wanted them to take Penay Sewell. Um, they didn't. They got a lot of hate for it. But you know what? It's It's worked out so far. Uh, Joe Burrow is still getting hit a lot, (laughs) he's taken some some tough hits, and um, I hope it doesn't end in anything too horrible at any point like a repeat injury, but um, to have the valuable connection that he and Jamar have, from playing together in college and um, just getting those reps in. Joe Burrow really talked about that on why they've connected so well so quickly is because the only way you get those connections is through repetition, and they just have that already within them because of playing together in college um, and now playing together again at the next level. Really fun to watch and very – you think about the teams that have those types of connections – Those that changes games um, to to be able to have a wide receiver and a quarterback that you just trust in so much. But um, as much as I'm complimenting the Bengals, I am not happy about them being good. I feel like I've seen a lot of Browns fans just excited because the Ravens lost, which I agree. I don't like to see the Ravens win either. But I truly can't be excited about any teams in the AFC North winning. Like I wish. It was possible in a world that both of them could lose that game because I'm not going to be excited for either of them for winning. Um, And I want to be the one to beat the Ravens. Like, they've owned us for a while. I would prefer uh, to be the team that could do that to them. Obviously, you know, we still play them twice this year, so we have an opportunity to do that. But um, just, I, I. I don't like this. Like, oh my God, it's incredible! The Bengals beat the Ravens. Browns fans are so excited that they took the Ravens down. Like, I'm not going to be happy for them. They're leading our division now. I want to be leading our division. So, just let's take it down a few notches. We don't have to get too excited about it. Um, but I mean, they're going to be a real a real competitor. Um, I want to to get into the uh, AFC and NFC playoff picture right now because things are starting. To, to shape out. Um, obviously, there's a lot of football left. These will change a lot, but we start to get an idea now of where things stand. Um, and before I get into those actual, what the picture is and the rankings would be if the season ended right now, I do need to note that the Chiefs are not a part of this list, which is so insane to me. The Chiefs are, they are officially broken, at least for this year. They have an incredibly tough schedule uh, ahead of them. They lost 27 to three to the Titans. Who I'm still confused on the on the Titans in general. Um, they lost to the Jets at one point, so it's just it's a little bit confusing on who they are. But they handled the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes continues to turn over the ball. It's not looking good for them. Their defense is horrible. But let me give you what the Chiefs' schedule continues to look like this season because it's not great. They've got this coming week, Monday Night Football against the Giants, which I think they should win this game, but I'm literally not guaranteeing any Chiefs game whatsoever. They've got the Packers. They've got the Raiders. They've got the Cowboys, Broncos, then Raiders again, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, and then Broncos. A lot of good teams in there. A lot of good teams in there. It is certainly not going to be easy for them to, um, I mean, even win half of those games and they're already down. They're not in this playoff picture that I'm going to give for uh, what the rest of this season is going to look like. Uh, So I think Chiefs fans should be a little bit concerned that um, maybe they need to start investing a little bit more money into their defense, I suppose, or um, I mean, it's not even just the defense. It's still offense issues as well. So they're going to have to do something because this team does not have it anymore. The AFC playoff picture right now is Bengals 1. Crazy, right? Imagine telling someone that before this season started back in August, telling someone that at this point it is October 25th and that the Bengals are number one in the AFC playoff picture. You would tell them they were crazy, but that's this league, man. Uh, two, Raiders. Also a little bit crazy. Uh, three, Titans. Four, Bills. Five, Ravens. Six, Chargers. Seven, Browns. Pretty crazy because I would say those bottom four teams in that picture are what people thought would be the top four in the picture going into the season. Obviously, things can still change, but that's where it's at right now. Then in the NFC, we have Cardinals, last undefeated team left. Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Saints, Vikings. Um, So I feel like the NFC playoff picture is more top heavy. The AFC playoff picture is kind of anyone's game right now. Everyone's really separated by like a game. It is it's close. It is not um, by any means. Nobody is running off with it. Whereas you've got the Cardinals in the NFC who are the only undefeated team left. Then you've got the Vikings who I think are three and three. So there's a little bit more range in there, whereas the AFC AFC is really anyone's game. So no one should be feeling comfortable yet. Uh, Lots is left left to happen. Okay, so getting into the Browns game from Thursday now, which like I said, seems like a million years ago, but... It was very exciting um, that we got the win. We needed to win that game. I actually don't know what I would have done, how I would have handled it mentally if we were to lose that game. It just, it would not have been good for me. I would have been sad the entire weekend. And actually then, you know, we had 10 days in between that game and the Steelers game just being depressed the entire time. So uh, happy we got it so we could at least have some positive vibes going into our mini-buy. Um, but for the game specifically, I am happy that Case played well. Um, I thought he, he's a serviceable backup, which is great. And it's what we need when your quarterback goes down. You hope that the backup can at least just keep things together. Um, I do hold my breath every single time he throws the ball. Makes me very nervous. His arm looks weird. The ball feels slower, um... It just he doesn't also have the same arm strength as a Baker Mayfield, so just makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, there were at least two balls that I think on most other days, maybe against a team that was not the Broncos, would have been pretty clear interceptions. But hey, they weren't, so I will take it and not going to hold that against him because he didn't throw an interception and we needed to not turn the ball over. Um, I'm happy, like I said, I'm happy we have a good backup and that we got it, got the game done against a not-so-great Broncos team, but I want to be clear that this showed us the very distinct difference between starting quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not saying this to hate on Case Keenum because I think he is a fine quarterback, um, but these crazy arguments that have been happening that somehow like the Browns shouldn't pay Baker Mayfield because Case Keenum won that game is absolutely insane to me because I think after watching that game, the only clear thought in my head was that Baker Mayfield is a significantly better quarterback than Case Keenum is. Um, Obviously, Baker is not healthy right now, and that's added to some of his issues. But just in terms of sheer talent, Baker is light years ahead of where Case Keenum is. Um, And I think that goes for most of the league. There are just not a million great quarterbacks sitting there waiting to have their, you know, 50 point games every week. That just doesn't happen. Uh, There's barely, I mean, half the teams in the league are looking for a new quarterback right now because theirs is actually awful, like actually not getting things done for them. And they're trying to think of who they can draft next. The fact that we have a good quarterback um, is something that I think we are taking for granted. And I don't like that. So I hope that everyone watched that game and was cheering Case Keenum on, was really happy with how he was at least able to get that game done, even if everything wasn't perfect. Um, but just remembering in all of that that Baker is clearly a starting quarterback in the NFL, and we should not pretend like there's some crazy competition happening there because I'm pretty confident that both – Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski are not thinking that there's some quarterback competition brewing right now in Cleveland. That's just not happening. Case is in there to get the job done while Baker is hurt. And that's that on that. I'm just, I can't debate it because it doesn't even make sense to me. There's not a real logical argument there that I can understand. So I'm not even willing to have these conversations about it. Baker is QB1 and that's the end of the story. Okay, moving on to the other big topic from the game. Sweet, sweet to Ernest Johnson. Just one of the best stories ever of just him and his career and his life, really, and this moment for him. I mean, he was DMing AAF teams to just get a chance to keep playing football after college. He, you know, didn't get drafted. Um, at when I see these stories too of players you know just not getting their shot and trying to do everything, it just makes you wonder how many other guys are out there right now that just need like one team to take a chance on them and give them another shot um and they're just not getting it right now and how much talent is out there that we're just unaware of that maybe they peaked a little bit later in their career and just didn't get noticed or for whatever reason went undrafted and Nobody ever ended up signing them. And that's part of the reason I think these other leagues outside of the NFL are really important to keep developing that talent and giving them a place to grow. And I mean, I'm sure there's scouts always looking at those trying to find new talent. So I think it is important to have those around because that's when you get to Ernest Johnson's who very clearly should be a running back in the NFL um, and might not have been if it were not for people giving him, you know, a real shot. Um, I mean, obviously the stat line insane, 146 yards and a touchdown. He was like a mini Kareem and Chubb almost. Like he's definitely smaller, but he had that same, I feel like mentality and the way he runs where he is not going to get tackled unless seven people try to do it. He was just so agile moving so well on the field, always finding ways to get a couple extra yards. And that's my favorite kind of running back, the one that absolutely refuses to go down. Um, So it was really fun to watch and really happy for him. And, you know, stories that are, are like this story, they are the best of everything in football. He gets his first start because two of the best running backs in the league are injured. Puts up 146 yards, the best of this sport. I mean, you can't even make stuff like that up. And it made me think about from last episode, I was bummed having to talk about like the John Gruden stuff in the NFL because you hate to see things like that happen. Um, Or even the times I've had to discuss the Deshaun Watson stuff, just these things put a stain on this sport that I, I, in this league that I love so much. And it's sad when you have to talk about those things because you never want it to seem like um that's how everyone is kind of like i mentioned i just there's there's more good in this league than there is bad and for every bad story there are so so many good and wonderful stories of human beings overcoming crazy odds and we get to watch them out there living their dream um and that was one of these moments that is the best of football it was he had to overcome so much to be there on that field um and just keep trying and keep pushing to to make his dream come true and he was able to do it and i think that's just the best of the sport and i hope we talk about those stories as much as we talk about the bad things which we obviously have to discuss but i don't want it to ever take away from the really amazing people doing really uh superhuman things that just defy every odd and every thought that you have of what's possible. Um, and I feel like I'm getting <laughs> so like grand right now, but it's true. This is the best of football, and I, I want everyone to remember it. So, yeah, we got the win, <laughs> and um, we move on to the next week. We're back in a winning record column, so that's very exciting. And now we've got Browns Steelers, a classic. <laughs> the last time we played them was one of the best days of my life, so hoping this one goes as well, but it does seem like good news. We are going to get Nick Chubb back, which would be obviously massive um, to have him out there, especially, I mean, I'm sure we're still going to use some Derns Johnson because Kareem is on the IR, Um, but to know you have a Nick Chubb out there going up against a, a Steelers defense, I think is really important. I also think Conklin might be back this week. I'm not 100% sure on that one yet, but I think I saw that he was practicing today, so that's also very exciting. No word on Baker's status yet. My gut is telling me he's not gonna play. I just feel like there's no way he's ready yet again. I think they're not saying anything because they're trying to wait till the last possible minute to see where he's at, but I just, I don't see it happening, which definitely makes me a little nervous. I mean, I know the Steelers aren't what they used to be, but they're still a good team. They're 500 right now. They're always going to be competitive. Their defense has a lot of potential to ruin Case Keenum's life if he has to be in there. So um, definitely a little bit nervous about that. But there's still so much unknown left. It's hard to speculate on even, like who is going to be on our team when we go out there with all the injuries we've had mounting over the last few weeks. So... We just got to go out there and play our best game. Kevin Stefanski has to coach like he did on, on Thursday. That wasn't my other takeaway. Was That was the Kevin Stefanski that we know and love coaching in that game. Just really smart play calling, especially knowing the guys that he had out there on the field, knowing who his quarterback was in that game. I feel like he called a great game, and I, um, I was very impressed by it. And our defense played pretty good too, even though – Our defense either is spot-on, like best defense in the league, and then they have moments of just horrible miscommunications that make them look like the worst defense in the league. So really hit or miss. Hopefully we can clean up some of that still. But um, definitely uh, still a lot of unknown on all the guys that will be out there. So I hope Kevin can call another awesome game like that um, and just know who he has out out there on that field Um, because it was impressive, and I think he did a great job. Gotta always give deep praise, even when I gave like three straight weeks of criticism to a lot of people because, I mean, we were losing, so <laughs> it was tough and had to do it, but happy with, uh, I'll take a win any day of the week. I don't care what it looks like. I just want the win. Of course, we want to talk about what happened in the game, what we can improve upon, but getting a win is the best feeling in the world. There were years we didn't get them, so every time we get it, I'm going to relish in the moment and love every, every bit of it. So that's all I have for you guys today. I'm going to go watch some Monday Night Football, um, and I will catch you guys next week.